Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I'm Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, this is Eileen. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. Today I'm here with Gary Zenderski. Hi, Gary. Hello, Eileen. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well too. It's a little wet here in Southern California, but it's okay. I know. No, I'm here too. It's like a crazy storm going on this weekend. Right. <laughs> so let me give a little introduction about Gary before we go into the interview. So Gary Zendersky is an author, speaker, and teacher and branding expert who specializes in helping people and organizations navigate change. His latest book, Zen Zone, Reaching a State of Positive Change, is a compilation of heartwarming and inspirational short stories that celebrate the power in each of us to create positive change in our lives. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So before we talk about your book, tell me a little bit about your background. First of all, who are you? What is your why behind everything that you've done so far? Oh, wow. You jumped right to a philosophical one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I like that. There, there must be some uh, overarching theme, you know, around all, all that you've done in your career? Because I know you've done a lot. Yeah, there is. And, and actually what I'm doing now and the reason for these books kind of comes out of my marketing and branding experience. So I'll back up with that and mm. say that in my background, I'm one of those really lucky folks that I got out of college and I started working in marketing and advertising. I really liked it. And uh, I moved out to California from Toledo, Ohio. If you've ever been there, you know why I moved. <laughs> and, uh, you know, worked on a lot of ad agencies and things. And over the years, without getting into too much detail about the businesses, I came across a, a pretty good way to kind of track what a brand is and, and help organizations and companies go through change. In fact, it's, it's, it's exclusively what I do now is help organizations go through transition. Mm-hmm. And, and I found that in all of that angst that a company goes through, there's a lot of people things that happen. And we, we don't always get behind change. In fact, most of the time we're against it. And a lot of the what I learned over the years, I kind of apply to, to what's in the books. And to, to understand how my own personal uh, piece of this is, one of the elements of doing branding is to establish a brand character. Mm-hmm. So you could surmise, say, Mercedes is a perfectionist, you know, and BMW might be an enthusiast. That's how kind of brand personalities work. Well, mine is winning perspective. And I always believe that there's a way for people to win. And so in every endeavor, uh, in every encounter, I try to uh, have a positive impact. And so far, so good. And when you say you help companies make change, do you mean just change in their brand or organizational change? Like what types of change? Well, it's it's uh, primarily in branding and marketing. However, if you're going to make that kind of change, there's usually a good reason to change some organizational pieces as well. In fact, most of the time, I'm dealing with a new brand or a line extension or going to a new market or going public, that kind of thing. And you can imagine when you go through any of that, you've got to change some of the operation stuff too. I, I don't specialize in that, 
but it kind of comes with the territory. Right. I think that's really interesting. I, I'm sure there are parallels to the challenges dealing with organizational change versus like personal change. I feel like this is the book where you've made that connection with your work and then going on a personal level. Yeah, there is. And, and really, it all kind of stems from the same essential question that companies and we all ask ourselves is, what do we want to be when we grow up? And a lot of times people just don't know that. Organizations don't know it. I can tell you that a lot of times <laughs> they don't know where they're going. But uh, individuals, too, uh, are afraid to think about being something or going someplace that is uncomfortable or scary or they don't think they can achieve. That's what a lot of the book is about that. It's about really thinking that through and understanding what you really want. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm all about. I love asking that question. What do I want to be? And then figuring out how to get there. But I agree. Not many people normally think about that. You know, some people just live their life day to day. And I guess companies do too. <laughs> that's true. And there's a song to quote in this one is, is you can't get what you want until you know what you want. Exactly. So I, yeah, first step would definitely be, you know, knowing what you want, asking that question. Right. To be fair, it's a very tough question. Mm -hmm. it's, there's a lot of stories in the book that talk about like, how in the world am I supposed to know this? <laughs> and, and one of the things I try to put in there is, or share is that you might not know, but you'll, you might have an idea and you start with asking yourself, what makes me feel good? And I'm talking about feelings, not thinking better or being richer, but really feeling better. And what's going on in your life when that's happening? And then just create more of that. And you can reverse engineer to say, okay, what could I do in my life that would create a lot of it? So I'd be extremely happy all the time. It's all about what brings you joy, right? True. I, I can imagine on a company level, that's much more difficult because how do you ask a company what makes them happy? How does that even work? Yeah, for, for them and for their shareholders, what makes them happy typically is, you know, the bottom line doing really well. Right. What makes them money? <laughs> there's things in cultures too. There's company cultures that, that really feed off success and actually are primarily responsible for the success. Uh, we have a, uh, I'm working at a company today. In fact, I'm using one of their offices. We have a, a couple hundred people and we have a internal kind of culture club group. We don't call it that, but they have a mission statement that says we're here to help each other succeed and to add joy to the journey. Yeah. I, I think mission statements are so important like that because yeah, it's much more than just making money. Sometimes it's about supporting each individual, right? Working together to create a bigger whole. That's true. And then in order to do that, you have to socialize and make friends. And mm -hmm. of course, the better the bonds are, the, the more you can accomplish. So let's talk about your book. First of all, can you tell us what does Zen Zone mean to you? Well, Zen, first of all, Zen, S-Z-E-N, is a takeoff of my last name, which is Zendersky. So I just shortened it. My, in fact, my consulting company is called Zen Marketing. And the first book I wrote was called The Book of Zen. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's really kind of stealing some, not necessarily Zen philosophy, although I, I, there are certain aspects of Zen, Z-E-N, that I, I really love. The Zen zone is, to me, it's, it's a liftoff point. It's a point when you're really in contact with the direction you want to go and you have the energy and desire to really get there. And in order to reach a state of positive change, you have to get into that zone first where everything is kind of clicking. You know, they have like for rocket ships take off, they have a countdown series and they go through everything to make sure that they're in the right spot. Well, Zen Zone is kind of like that, but it's on a, works on an emotional and a psych, psychological platform. Okay. So you're saying Zen Zone is like the point where you have to get to before you can lift off. Yeah. It's, a, it's that, it's a place when you feel you can do it. So what are the components that go into that? Oh man. it's, it's <laughs> Just give a few. There's lots of things. First thing I think is 
being honest with yourself, you know, because, uh, you know, self-awareness is really an important aspect of change, knowing who you really are and what makes you tick. A lot of times people aren't honest with themselves. So you got to kind of dig in there and do some soul searching. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing is you've got to be able to manage your fear. In fact, fear from change or of change is probably the biggest obstacle we face. And you know what? It's always because we think we're not going to make it. We're not, we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You might but you'll surely never know until you try. And and so when you do fail, it's just an outcome. It's just a way to learn. It's it's just an education. So to be able to get on that journey, you know, there's a lot of components. And then on top of that are some physical ones. There's there's family. Maybe your dream and vision takes you away from home. What are they going to say? There might be financial obstacles that you got to overcome. There's, there's a, a zillion different things that come into play. But I, I really believe that once you know what it is you really want to do and start moving towards towards it, even if it's little baby steps, that whatever that is that you're going towards will actually come to you. You actually draw it to you and it it works really well. So I understand that your book is a collection of short stories, similar to like Chicken Soup for the Soul. I want to know, um, where did you draw most of your inspiration from? Where, like, where did you get these stories and, you know, how did you compile this? You know, it's, that's a good question. It's, <laughs> if, I, if I tell you how I wrote it, then that might be giving some insights. I've been doing this for now for about five or six years where every Sunday afternoon, virtually every Sunday, I'll sit down about three o'clock and I'll just start thinking about what's going on in my life, what's going on in the world. And I'll come up with something that, you know, kind of pulls me and says, this would be a good topic to write about. Mm. And I write about a page, one page worth of a story. And I publish it on my website and a blog. And I do that every week. The first book, after about three or four years, I had enough to really put something together. And so when you look at Zen Zone, or even the first book of Zen, you'll see that this is not, it's not a linear kind of storytelling piece. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not a three-act play. They come at you really differently. They can, they're kind of grouped by certain types of things like, you know, change or thinking about the future, that kind of stuff. But essentially, they're, they're really little mini thoughts that mm-hmm. are not absolutely connected to any of the other stories. And so the inspiration is really what's going on in the world. And I'm an avid reader and I teach school at the University of California. And as I've got lots of things to draw from. And and sometimes I'll write some fictional pieces. You'll see in this book a couple of stories that I I just flat out made out to make a point, and that's all fun. That's cool. So essentially, you wrote like mini like like a blog post each Sunday, and then you compiled them into a book, organized them by theme. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's really interesting. Um, do you have a favorite story from your book that you can share a little bit about? Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe this won't answer your question, but it's, it made me think of it. I, I often will go to my own book and just open a page. You can open it anywhere and start to read. And I'm amazed at what I wrote. Uh, <laughs> really? Because I, I, I don't remember writing it. Wow. It's incredible. Uh, so to answer your question, there's a story in the first chapter. I think it's about a character named Buddy who lives on the street. He's homeless, or you think he's homeless until you get to the end of the story. And what it, what he's not is he's actually got some money and he helps these folks on the street to survive, even after he passes away. It's kind of a sad story, but it portrays a, an image of not really trying to jump to a conclusion. Just because someone is living on the street doesn't mean they don't have mm-hmm. feelings or don't have uh, wherewithal. That was a surprise ending kind of. That's one of my favorites. Uh, most of the other ones are anecdotal. Uh, sometimes I, I talk about things that actually happened in my life. I have family stories about mm-hmm. my father and other stuff. Yeah, it's it's whatever comes to me. And I, I wish I could be more specific. I, I don't even know what I'm going to write about this Sunday. I, I won't know until it gets here. 
All right, before we go on, I have to tell you about our sponsor, FreshBooks. So if you're a freelancer or small business owner, FreshBooks is an easy accounting software that's the simplest way to be more organized and productive with your day-to-day paperwork. So with FreshBooks, you can send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds, set up online payments to get paid up to four days faster, and more. Even if you're not a freelancer, you can still use FreshBooks to keep track of your expenses. So my favorite part is that you You can take a photo of your receipts with your phone and upload it straight to the FreshBooks app as an expense. So it's super fast, super easy. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. So if you want to claim that, just go to freshbooks.com slash lifestyle and enter the Lavender Lifestyle in their How Did You Hear About Us section. So that's freshbooks.com slash lifestyle. All right, back to the interview. That's so interesting. So do you only write when you feel inspired? It seems like you only do so when you have something to talk about. You don't kind of sit down and make yourself write. Because I think a a lot of creatives have an issue with like writer's block or, you know, like, did you have any of that or did you just write when you felt like it? I occasionally do, but I've really forced myself to put something down. I block out the time. I sit down. I think about it and I'll start with a title. And then if you in the book, you'll see that each of the stories has a little snippet bit at the end that kind of summarizes the the whole story in like one sentence. I'll sometimes write that and then I'll just start. And I also use a little crutch piece that I found really useful over the years. And that is I write an opening story of 60 words, no more, no less, just 60 words. I kind of draw principles of the story from there and write it in the rest of the blog. Wait, so do you mean you write the beginning of the story in 60 words and stop there and then finish it later? Or you mean like you write the whole story in 60 words? I write a complete story in 60 words. Okay. And then in that story is a principle hidden or mm-hmm. something that might make us think about our future. And then I, I draw from that story and then I write about it. This is very interesting because I think everyone has a different process. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm trying to write a book this year, so I'm interested in how you actually get it done. So that's why I have to ask because it, it's hard to, I guess you have to really schedule yourself and make yourself sit down and just do anything. Yeah, it, it, you do. I approach it as it actually makes me feel great. It's mm-hmm. it's my own personal therapy to write. And so I deserve at least a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon to feel great. Oh, I love that. It's it's your thing. It's what makes you happy. Yeah, whenever I get stressed, and it doesn't happen too often, fortunately, but whenever I do, I'll, I'll start to write something and it'll immediately draw me into another world and I feel better. That's really nice because I'm a journaler and I guess when I want that kind of release, I journal, but you made it into a book, which is really cool. Yeah. And the difference between journaling, which I think is really important as well, and and writing the way I do is that I'm expecting to have an impact on somebody that's going to read it. So I have, you know, a couple of thousand people that follow me on Twitter and stuff, and I send these things out. And the most common response I get from people is, you must have been thinking about me today because this really touched the chord. So it's, it's that's the fun part of it. I mean, yeah. it just makes my whole day. I, I feel that too. I experience that whenever I post a video or a podcast, when most of the time I'm just sharing what I've learned or what I want to learn myself, like things that I need to work on. And then people are like, I'm going through the exact same thing. And I don't know. It's just funny how the universe works. Like it kind of brings you to the exact people that you need. Oh, ab- absolutely. I've got a lot of stories on how the universe can to kind of help you get where you want to go. It's just serendipity. 
you know, a couple of Christmases ago, I was here in a mall in Southern California. I was going to meet a friend, do some shopping. It was a Friday afternoon, kind of took off work early and uh, he didn't, couldn't make it or something. Or So I decided to go into the local restaurant there and I was just going to have a, like a holiday beer and then go do some shopping. And some guy at the end of the bar is like waving furiously at me, you know, <laughs> and I recognize him. I hadn't seen him in, in about five years or so. And I'd worked with them for a while. Anyway, I, came, I walked over and he said, you know, now I hadn't talked to this guy at all or seen him. So he said, today, I wrote your name down and put it on a yellow post-it on my computer to get in touch with oh. you because I have something exactly that you can do. Wow. I know. And <laughs> his wife was with him. She goes, good thing he found you. I mean, the odds of that are like slim, very slim. I know. To like meet someone on the street that wanted to meet with you, like that's crazy. Yeah, I, I oh, think man. that if you think that way, that there's somebody out there that really needs what you've got to share. This was talked about in the Celestine Prophecy, which is a pretty popular book a few years ago. And and I really subscribe to that, that if you run into somebody after a couple of times, you better stop them and say, excuse me, like, what in the world do we have in common that we've been bumping into each other? Because there sure enough will be a reason. I've never thought of it that way, but it's true. There are people that you notice that you just bump into so many times and it's like, why? <laughs> and they're probably thinking the same thing. Yeah. And you don't know. And, and what's the worst that can happen is you mm. find out that there's nothing, but you maybe make a, make a friend. That's so cool. I, I love that. I'm, yeah, I'm going to think about that from now on because I, I have people in my mind already. Like there's people that just always appear in your life and you're like, I'm not close to you, but I don't know why I always see you everywhere. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's cool. So um, one last thing I do want you to share. Uh, what is one action that you think our listeners out there can take immediately after this episode to help them reach their Zen zone, as you call it? Here's this is something that's a it's a simple exercise and and I call it the perfect day. What you do is is you sit down, it's quiet time, and you write down what the perfect day for you might be. And include things like, where are you? Are you in a foreign country? Are you in the south of France? What do you see out the window? What do, what do you smell in the kitchen? Is coffee brewing? Uh, is there someone sleeping there next to you? And whatever that might be, are you looking out at lavender? Are you looking out at the ocean? Are you looking out at the mountains? But what would just make you feel like this is the perfect place to be? And then construct your day. What's making you feel good? Are you interactions with people? Are they coming by to say hi? Just, just kind of build out that whole scenario and put it aside for a second and then go back and read it and think, of, okay, this is if this is my perfect day and it's not happening now, how can I create my perfect day? And then start with that. So it's a goal. It's all of a sudden you've got a vision and you can start to work towards it. And if those pieces are written well enough, there's a corresponding reality to each of them. So it's not like you're making up like a dream thing, like you're going to be living in a cloud somewhere. This is a reality. And if you want to work towards it, you can. And oftentimes all we need is the motivation to start our journey. I love that. And I want to add to anyone who wants to try this exercise to be as specific as possible. If you can be specific, then you know exactly how to create that perfect day scenario, which is really cool. Right. And I'll just add on top of that. And don't worry. Don't think that you have to be the one to create it all. Mm. You can only create what you can create, but the universe will send help and other people to join you to get there. Mm -hmm. It's not my law. It's just, it's just some kind of law that's out there. This is really fun. After this interview, I'm definitely going to craft my perfect day. <laughs> I want to do this. Good. I'd love to hear what it is. Lastly, can you let our audience know where they can find you online and where they can find your book, Zen Zone? Well, if you go to zenzone.com, that's S-Z-E-N 
Z-O-N-E.com. You'll see a little bit about me and you'll see a couple of books that I wrote, some reviews that have been written, and uh, you'd be happy to peruse. And you'll see my email address, which is gary at bookofzen.com. Feel free to drop me a line anytime. And if you'd like, you can subscribe to my weekly blog or however you want to. And if, you want, if you're interested in business, it's just zen.us, uh, S-Z-E-N.us. So those are the easy ways to get me. I'd be happy to take uh, any email or any note you want to leave. All right. Thank you so much, Gary. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and learn more about what you have to offer. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps me so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. All right. Love you all. Bye.